What is it? It's a boy. A boy? Tell me about it. He's beautiful. George, you should be here. Impact alert. What are we going to call him? We can name him after your father. Tiberius, you kidding me? No, that's the worst. Let's name him after your dad. Let's call him Jim. You are listening to Original Remake. This is a podcast where we discuss and compare original film and its remake. Or sometimes films with similar concepts, because just like Hollywood, we are that unoriginal. So this being a movie podcast, uh, yeah, let's get to it. Captain's Log. This is uh, Peter, and joining me is uh, Michael T. Kirk. Uh, what's going on, Mike? How are you doing this morning? What would be my T name? Uh, the... Michael oh, the Kirk. Michael the Kirk. I like that. That's actually better than what uh, actual Captain Kirk has. Tiberius. Yeah, Tiberius. Eh. Uh, I, I like that. I agree with uh, Thor that it's a terrible okay. name. So. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm. Uh, I'm hoping that one of us, and I'm going to say I'm not. I'm not big tracky, mm-hmm. and so for this episode, uh, this will be my first time watching the first Star Trek, the motion picture. Um. What about you, Peter? Did you have any experience before this recording? Uh, I'm neither a Trekkie or a Trekker. Uh, I, as I understand it, there which, are which two. Okay, is one of those more offensive? Or I, I feel Trekkie is more offensive. So, what's the difference between the two? The distinction there. I really don't know. Yeah, I'm sure, sure <laughs> someone's going to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just love. What was it? It uh, what was that movie? Um, was it Fanboys? Where it was, a, it took place at a convention center at one point, and there was a fight, you know, led by Seth Rogen as like Spock or something like that. Yeah, that was yeah. the uh, the Phantom Menace movie, right? Uh, the the kids yeah, trying to see right. Phantom Menace before it uh, comes out, and I believe there was a documentary called Trekkies. But I apologize to whoever I offended. I'm going to offend you even more in this episode with my ignorance of Star Trek. So. And I co I co-signed that. You know, that's right. that's why we're here. We're, we're gonna offend everybody. Uh my my only experience okay, so my introduction uh to Star Trek, I I never watched any of the movies um you know before podcasting. I never got into any of the shows. Not even Enterprise, which stars Scott Bakula. You know, I'm a huge Quantum Leap fan. Uh but the two thousand nine movie I did watch that in the theater. Uh, I enjoyed it so much that that very same evening, uh, I went home and actually watched like a few episodes of the original TV show on Netflix. And, um, you know, they I'm sure they were of its time. I, I didn't think it was a completely waste of time. Uh-huh. It, it dragged. It was a little slow. Uh, but I thought it was interesting just to kind of compare, you know, the, the two different casts. And I had no idea that, you know... Um, nine years later we would be doing a podcast on it see so kind of it's a a story that i've shared time and time again on on this podcast that i was always fascinated in comparing you know uh uh, similar properties and and stuff like that so so that was it i um the the first few episodes never sold me you know to continue on uh watching any more so uh having said all of that this is the first time i also watched the the motion picture myself and i'd only seen uh generations which i believe is the first uh star trek the next generation film which did have 
maybe a similarity to what we're going to talk about with the 2009 Star Trek uh, as far as the timelines, because you still have uh, Captain Kirk in that, like crossing over with Picard. So you kind of have the handing off of the baton between the two shows. But I have no experience with the television series. I've not seen a single episode uh, of any of these shows, any, any version of it. Uh, although I hear the new one's pretty good on CBS All Access, but I've not tried it out. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the... Oh, gosh. This is, uh, I, I forgot the name of the actress, but she was formerly from Walking Dead. Uh, I believe she is probably the captain or something. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> heard too much about it. I know people are watching it. Um, I only heard that people were angry it wasn't on CBS. They didn't want to sign up for another streaming service. But as far as the actual reviews of the content, I didn't see too much negativity. Just, I guess, where they were showing it. But... Uh, oh, good. Yeah. One of those things okay. I say I'll get around to, but probably never will, because <laughs> Star Trek <laughs> is uh, how old at this point? 67, going on 70 years old as far as yeah. the franchise? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm still got it on the back burner. Yeah, it'll, it'll probably stay there for a little bit. Um, so, the Star Trek, the motion picture, this was uh, directed by a Robert Weiss. Uh, anybody familiar with the original cast, they all return playing the same parts. A uh, little refresher for this movie for those that uh, maybe haven't seen it or hadn't seen it in a while. Uh, basically, uh, Admiral Kirk, right, he's been uh, promoted. He doesn't think he's too old for this shit and decides to go back to the Enterprise to basically tell this uh, William Deckard, hey, I'm back. And um, I know I said that you were, uh, uh, what was the word, competent for this job, but I am really salty that uh, you <laughs> replaced me. And to the fault of his own, you know, not knowing the reforming of the Enterprise and all these other things, people die. Um, the movie version is a little bit nicer, yeah. a little fancier, <laughs> a little more expensive. Yeah, and so you got um, you, you got Kirk finally accepting uh, Deckard to assist him, or actually to kind of take over the Enterprise again while they uh, try to figure out what this V'ger is uh, you know this villain some something about black clouds and stuff it's kind of weird because i just watched a wrinkle in time which also had the it which is a some sort of black cloud so ties in perfectly uh, more than it, just chris it, it pine does <laughs> that's yes, what we were yes. going for <laughs> and and that's pretty much it you know there's about an hour of traveling in space uh that bored me to hell um Wow. Listen to you. You just—I mean—you're not impressed with space travel. Just, just bored to tears over there. Uh, it took forever. It takes a bit. I—I I think I did. You know, I was watching this on the iPad uh, <laughs> through the Stars app, and um, I was. I, here's here's the uh, I guess the modern uh, movie watching. Uh, not even grabbing the remote to see how far along we are, but I'm tapping the screen. Like, how long has this been going on? How much longer do I have with this? <laughs> and I believe the first tap came at 20 minutes for Star Trek The Motion Picture, where I'm like, what What are we doing? And I I don't think it's, like, terribly long. Do you have the runtime in front of you? Yeah, it's uh, two hours and 12 minutes. It feels longer. Um, it, they don't, it really does. And I, okay, I'll... Uh, this will lead into, I guess, my brief introduction to the 2009 version, uh, which was a reboot. Um, and they did, they're going to go back to the beginnings of, in particular, a friendship between uh, Kirk and Spock, which uh, for a long time in this film was not really a friendship. Uh, the two guys can't stand each other. 
but it's their experience, uh, the Starfleet Academy, um, and I guess their first mission. And I think when it first came out, there, you know, among the fandom, there was some concerns as far as you know we're gonna uh, completely recast, uh, which in the context of the film they do handle the, in the plot uh, because uh, spoiler alert. Uh, Leonard Nimoy does make an appearance as he's listed here as Spock Prime. Um, so I think the biggest issue I have is not with the new film and the reboot. As I said, not a fan of Star Trek, the uh, franchise. But watching the motion picture, it feels very much like a reboot in that they have to take great pains to reestablish uh, every character that you know and love if you're a fan of the TV series and I guess kind of explain what they've been up to, uh, in particular with Kirk, uh, relinquishing control of uh, Enterprise and then asking for it back. Well, I guess not asking for it, but taking it. Let's talk. Sure. Let me know when that backup's ready. Eyes out. All due respect, sir, I hope this isn't some kind of Starfleet pep talk. I'm really too busy. I'm taking over the center seat, Will. You're what? I'm replacing you as captain of the Enterprise. You'll stay on as executive officer temporary grade reduction to commander you personally are assuming command yeah. may I ask why my experience five years out there dealing with unknowns like this my familiarity with the enterprise it's cruel admiral this is an almost totally new enterprise you don't know her a tenth as well as I do that's why you're staying aboard I'm sorry, Will. No, Admiral. I don't think you're sorry. Not one damn bit. I remember when you recommended me for this command. You told me how envious you were and how much you hoped you'd find a way to get a starship command again. Well, sir, it looks like you found a way. Report to the bridge, Commander. Immediately. So, as someone who's also not a fan, you know, do you do you care about that stuff at all? Do you care where the characters have been, or do you just want them to just get on with the mission? I just want them to get on with the mission because, well, and and I understand it too because uh, the the new movie does this as well. They're you know reintroducing characters that you know for the new audience are not familiar with, but I feel, you know, there's, there's maybe better and shorter ways to give us exposition without giving us, you know, complete backstories to where all these people have been. Uh, the only person that I was actually excited to see was bones. You know, he shows up with like a full beard looking like uh, one of the ABBA, you know, singers. <laughs> he looks crazed. He looks, which I, I know that bit. character is supposed to be sort of like the angry old man. Anyway, uh, I, I think he, his is probably the best in the sense that you understand that character just as soon as he walks in the door as far as who his personality is. And to what you were saying, I feel like in Star Trek The Motion Picture, it does a worse job than the J.J. Abrams 2009 film uh, in introducing characters to new fans. It feels like fan service to old fans, whereas mm -hmm. I'm, right. I'm wondering why I care necessarily uh, what they've been doing. The only thing that other thing, I guess, that kind of works is – it's a little strange watching these two back to back as Kirk is really happy to see Spock 
in the original right. motion picture. Like, I mean, you would think <laughs> if you didn't know better, you would think that they were like ex lovers or something. Like, this is a love story between the two of them because it's like, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's not that sexy. It's like you know, it's a little distant, but he's got he's got quite the heart on when Spock shows up. It's, and Spock looks like that disheveled, um, heartbroken ex too. Mm-hmm. Like. Please let's let's not make this weird again. You know, yeah. like it's our relationship <laughs> is gone. You know, it's done with. Yeah, Please. Shatner, <laughs> not known for being the greatest actor uh, and over over emotes, uh, over acts. Uh, th- that that was probably prime Shatner because it's like you know, he really he really wants you to know that he digs this dude. He's happy to see Spock. A little uncomfortable. I I finally saw it th- this time around because you know the little bit of the TV show that I saw. I know about those over exaggerations and you know the the Shatnerisms and stuff like that. I never saw it with the TV show, but I now see it in this movie, uh, and so it's it's a lot more evident. How do you think uh, that compares to what we get in J.J. Abrams' 2009 film, where the two guys are polar opposites and can't stand each other, and it's really uh, Spock Prime, the original Spock, who has to kind of clue both of them in like hey you're gonna be good for each other you're gonna have a good friendship and this is gonna be good for i guess the uh the universe at large if you are working together did you like seeing them at each other's throats a little more in the 2009 version i i did you know there's uh definitely some tension there and you, you know the the reboot it's it's very much so uh like an unofficial prequel to the motion picture you know um they spend a lot of time setting things up, you know, um, making uh, Kirk captain eventually. You know, he, he doesn't because they, they give us all these other things that uh, that are part of the myth. You know, they're making this movie earn all of those things that maybe a lot of people know from the mythos. Um, you know, the 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 apple during the testing, the Kobayashi Maru. Is that? The name of the close test? enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> we would both but, fail know, it. I mean, that's the yeah, point the, of it. The, yeah. So you know, red shirts and the, they they set up everything that uh, you know we we know um, at least the casuals you know seem to know about uh, the, the, the Star Trek, and so you know I appreciate it for that. So we had to show Spock and Kirk somewhere, and so uh, so I, I did like that take on this, just uh, a reboot and. J.J. Um, Abrams, you know, uh, putting his own touches on the story as well to to make it more enjoyable for for this uh, new generation of uh, fans. Yeah, I think I mean some of it may be a little cute or wink wink. I mean, you mentioned the red shirts, and you see one of them uh, quite stupidly plummet to his death, <laughs> like just <laughs> I don't I don't know if he's like one of those extreme sports people in the future, but it's like for whatever reason he just like insists on not deploying his parachute, like. Uh, so you get that, and you know it's coming as soon as you see that he's the guy in red, and then uh, Kirk is in blue, and uh, Sulu's in gold. Um, I'm trying to think the, you know, some of the other stuff like the introduction of Scotty when he finally appears. Uh, it's very much like how Bones is introduced in Star Trek: The Motion Picture, and that they mm-hmm. kind of quickly establish these over-the-top personalities, and you're like, okay, I get that guy. Moving on to the next set piece, right. Yeah, exactly. We we some people we don't need an entire story, especially the ones that uh, aren't. You know, they're just role players, right? They're, they're not key to to the story being told. The the reboot uh, again is more about Spock and Kirk, and especially how how did Kirk get to his role? You know, it's kind of like how um, 
this is uh, some minor spoilers for The Last Jedi. So if you don't want to hear it, skip, I don't know, 15 seconds. I'll give you guys the chance now. But um, the reboot of Star Trek here, it kind of reminded me of The Last Jedi where uh, Poe Dameron, you know, he's he's hot-headed, right? So they test him. They demote him so that way he can earn uh, his rank again later on in the movie. So I felt that's what Star Trek 2009 kind of was. And, and, and I like that. So, you know, the motion picture, these these guys are a lot older now. And it's just getting the crew back again, you know, kind of out of retirement, so to speak. And I, I just found it a little boring because I... I it was too much of, oh, you know, what has been going on um, uh, since whenever the hell we saw each other. I think Spock's was probably one of my favorites just because it's not like a whole, um, you know, conversation between him and Kirk. We hear it from Deckard's point of view. He's, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I, I know who that guy is. He's famous. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, both films in the uh, introduction of Spock pretty early on. I think it's the very first scene in the motion picture. And it happens a few scenes in uh, for the 2009 version. You see Spock, I guess, turn his back on the Vulcans uh, by not completing uh, whatever the hell that test is called. I apologize to the Trekkies or Trekkers, whatever your preferred nomenclature is, um, because he doesn't he doesn't want to give up totally his, I guess, feelings that he has uh, for the rest of uh, the human race and his uh, companions. Uh, I think. It's a little more interesting in the J.J. Abrams version, as I said, not having seen any of the TV series, just because you know it's it's personal to him as far as his uh, his mother's uh, you know that's his uh, he's of mixed descent between this alien race and then our race, the human race, um, and so I think Spock is a little bit more likable than the 2009 version. He's a little less robotic because he's got a chip mm-hmm. on his shoulder. You see him bullied right. as a kid. I don't know how much of that is included in the original television series, but you know, the motion picture, uh, I like what you were saying. It feels like Spock and Kirk are like two old cops in like an eighties movie where it's like, they've got some unfinished business. Like, I don't mm-hmm. really know why he decides <laughs> not to uh, complete that sort of ritual, but it just feels like he's like, I don't know. He's, he's like a badass with a gun. That's like, he's got one more rodeo to go on. Um, which is kind of funny. I don't know if that's what they're going for. Uh, I want to touch a little bit on how Kirk, uh, is characterized in both films. It's probably the one thing that I like the most about Star Trek, the motion picture is that he's kind of a fuck up. Like, yeah, <laughs> you see, and I didn't expect that. I, first off, don't expect William Shatner to ever sort of allow himself to be, uh, wrong so many times. I feel like he's always got to play the guy that's got the hardest punch. He gets all the women, you know, he's, he's the man, or at least that's the idea I have from, uh, pop culture as far as how that character is portrayed in the TV series. And mm-hmm. yeah, he comes in and you have Bones quickly kind of calling him out like, uh, hey, the younger guy probably knows what he's doing here. You know, he's been running this ship. I don't <laughs> know what you've been doing. Uh, why do you think you can? You know, there's been a lot of changes uh, to be made. And it's different because in the 2009 film, even though you have Chris Pine playing the young, brash, uh, sort of hard drinking version who's had no interest in the Federation uh, most of his wild claims and sort of gambles, as Spock would call it, uh, work out. He's he's in the right most of the time. And I think that's one thing I like. I liked that Kirk was wrong in the original more so than I liked him being right all the time in the, the newer film. Yeah, I mean, in the newer film, it's just he's just lucky, right? He's just right there place, right time. I like you. Yeah, yeah, I like your take on it. Just blind yeah, just, luck. 
That's it. And then, you know, uh, so so I do appreciate the motion picture for that, you know, to show his faults and uh, ultimately accept, accepting them and allowing Decker to kind of stay on and assist. I, I do like the one part where Bones, he even makes a comment about the um, medical bay, you know, just being like all new and advanced. <laughs> he, he doesn't know what anything is. So um, they even acknowledge that in other characters, too. Doesn't he demand um, to uh, have a nurse that won't question like his decisions, like he he basically wants someone to assist him that won't challenge him uh, in his decision making, which is interesting because uh, he seems to be challenging Kirk on being an exactly, idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the same things happening to Kirk, but uh, you know I can understand it. But he himself, you know, again, why not have like a nurse there uh, who is also a little bit more maybe up to date in in certain things too? Um, that was funny. Uh, one thing though, like I was a little surprised how little like uh, we get of like Sulu and ah uh, gosh, um, Chekhov, Nichelle N- uh, Nichols's character. I'm sorry, I don't know the actor's names. Uh oh, well that's Zoe uh, Saldana's. Uh, oh, O'Hara. Yeah, her. That's right. Yeah, she sounds about right. Um, (laughs) That might be with your Kentuckian accent. Well, Uh, I'm much like the newer Kirk. I would would prefer her first name. Can we just make this easier? That's a little bit hard for me to pronounce, but sure. Yeah. So we we could have used a little bit more of them because, like, uh, you know, from what the little bit I knew in pop culture of Star Trek, I I thought they were pretty big roles too. But they were just kind of minority side characters that had some lines here and there. They're very stationary. They look up, they turn the camera or Kirk, and they're like, "Captain, this just came across the screen." That sort of thing. Uh, Sulu um, greatly underutilized when you compare it to the 2009 John Cho version, who gets a sword fight and gets through some flips and is like, I mean, I think it's first played for a joke because Kirk asks him like, hey, what sort of hand-to-hand combat training do you have? And he says, fencing. And that's that's like, oh, great. They're, you know, they're, they're screwed here until you see him actually pull out a sword and you're like, oh, never mind. He's, he's got this. Uh, I, yeah, that was, that was the very next thing I was going to say was, um, the newer version feels more like an entire crew working together with the various skill sets and motion picture, uh, a lot of standing around asking a computer, which is basically our villain here, uh, a machine. Um, what about this? What about that? No, that doesn't work. Um, okay. We'll, try, <laughs> we'll try to ask it. It's like they're playing, uh, what was it? It's not Ouija, but it's like the, uh, like the magic eight ball. That's like the villain. Uh-huh. <laughs> they just keep asking <laughs> and they keep getting like pretty stock answers. Uh, not entirely engaging for the audience. I, I think what it is, is, you know, the tension between Spock and Kirk is so thick. Everybody else is like, what's going to happen. So everyone's kind of like taking it back. You know, they're just waiting, you know, for, uh, for them to be on better terms, I guess, at this point. But um, the, to kind of go back to the fencing um, reference real quick, I, I feel that is a reference to possibly an episode or a thing, you know, about Sulu in the original series. Uh, because I feel like I've seen, like, a young George uh, Takai. Is it Takai or Takai? Takai? I mean, I just butchered uh, Uhara. <laughs> Again, I think it's decay, <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like there's a uh, an image out there of him like topless, um, you know, a very young George, uh, you know, shortly after fencing or something like that, you know. So I think it was a reference oh, to that. Another in joke, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that was kind of cool, and um, you know, yeah, it was nice to see John John Cho uh, kick some ass, and 
uh, you know, just be they, they try to make these characters a little bit more involved in the 2009 uh, version, obviously. I like that he screws up the piloting initially because I feel like <laughs> That's not what he does. <laughs> yeah. Well, I felt like it was a little bit more of like, hey, these aren't just going to be, uh, you know, keyboard warriors here. They're not just there at the beck and call of the captain. Just press some buttons like they're going to do a little bit more than just that. Um so I was, I mean, you get it with the Chekhov, uh, played by the late great Anton Yelchin, where he gets to do mm-hmm. the, uh, he gets to save both Sulu and Kirk after the, uh, sword fight as they're free falling to their death and, uh, do a little sort of video game sword maneuver where he's trying to track them and get them beamed back up as they're in free fall. Uh, I think, I feel like everyone has their, their moments here, but I think that's probably a problem with the, uh, villain. In the first mm-hmm. one, and I don't think the villain's great in the uh, 2009 version. So I'll just, since I didn't establish the plot of that, I'll just briefly say it's basically uh, a Romulan um, played by Eric Bana, whose planet was destroyed, uh, not through an aggressive act, but um, the Federation just couldn't save it. And in particular, Spock says he knows how to save it, but I guess he just doesn't get there in time. And so he chases Spock. Uh, through time and space, and this um, black hole, this portal, uh, this rift in the space-time continuum is created with the very thing Spock was going to use to save his planet, which is this red matter, which if you're a J.J. Abrams fan, uh, was like a big plot point in the first two seasons of Alias. So that's another little in-joke there. Like the exact same thing, like a little red ball like that the villains have. Um, And so... You know, he's he's pretty much, um, as we were talking offline, he's like a comic book supervillain. He's out for revenge. You know, there's a little bit there where you can feel guilt about him losing his entire race, basically. Uh, but his answer to that <laughs> is not to say, um, as you were saying, just bad luck. <laughs> you know, Kirk's got good luck. I had bad luck. But I'm going to make every other Federation sort of villain planet pay, and I'm going to start with... Uh, Spocks, since he was the one on the front lines that couldn't save my people, I'm going to make uh, him suffer. And so old Spock shows up and he decides to destroy uh, Vulcan. And so you at least leads itself to some action, right? you got to stop mm-hmm. this guy from doing this. Star Trek, the motion picture, the picture, the, uh, the villain is Skynet. <laughs> it's basically Skynet. <laughs> it is an alien cloud um, named V'ger. Which uh, we, spoiler alert, if you have any interest, I guess, in the reveal of the 1979 Star Trek film, which I don't believe happens until about the last 12 minutes of the movie. So late in the game. Um, After two hours, yeah. <laughs> it is, uh, you know, this this <laughs> machine planet um, accidentally, not captures, but is the endpoint of a NASA probe, Voyager 6. And these super smart Skynet computers uh, have no hands, so they can't wipe off the outside of the machine to show that it's Voyager 6. So they call this thing V'ger, and since it's like the oldest version of them, I guess it would be like us... um, I'm trying to think, what was that bad 90s movie? Encino Man. It would be like Uh if, if we discovered a frozen caveman and we're asking him, since, hey, you're the oldest one, who's our creator? Who created our race, our species? Um, unfortunately, V'ger's not too smart and doesn't know. And so it's revealed that he's going back to where he came from Earth to ask his creator. And uh, not not a lot of action comes from this villain. <laughs> As I said, it's like playing no, a magic eight no. ball. 
Um, and they just eventually, I guess, get the right combination of answers, and then something happens to the dad from Seventh Heaven, which is kind of freaky. <laughs> and the trek to this planet is like an hour of the movie. You know, there's lingering shots on people's faces just reacting to nothing. Do you um, think it's like if you were a fan of the TV series where they just like trying to show like, hey, look at all this money we put on the screen. It's like the most expensive Star Trek episode like that doesn't play now, like, you know, almost 40 years later where you're just not really as into what you're seeing on the screen. Like there's one moment where Spock does like a spacewalk, like a space flight. And I did. I was like, I could see how that was probably really cool in '79, right? Not so much now. That's not you know, it's not really holding my attention. But I, I tried to get back there a little bit, but it still would have been slow even for its time. I mean, this is two years after Star Wars: A New Hope. Yeah, you know, I mean, this very same year in 1979, the world believed that a man could fly. So they they, they try to show it in this movie as well. You know, so we we had Superman the motion picture also came out. So I I could see that you know they tried to uh, say hey you know uh, look what we could do with more than just an hour and more right. money I guess. But hey, when's the, I when wasn't it, there for when it. is the motion picture subtitle going to come back? Uh, you know I I don't know I when are well I think good subtitles are kind of well maybe not good subtitles are back but the motion picture itself yeah that might be long gone I mean recently we just got Thor Ragnarok that just came out. Uh, before that was Dark World, so we we got subtitles, but you're right. I think maybe we should start a campaign to bring back the motion picture. Yeah, Star Trek Beyond is not the greatest title, and I was a big fan of that movie. I liked it. it's probably my favorite Star Trek anything. Star Trek Beyond. It was just like a fun movie for me, but uh, even I struggled with like what was that one called? Is that like Star Trek Three, like <laughs> the prequel series? I I don't know. Can, can we rename the show original remake the Motion Podcast? Is that, can Maybe. we start it with that? Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> anything, anything to to get possibly new listeners if they think they're in on something special, like oh they've done something differently. No, it's gonna be the same old shit. It's gonna be <laughs> Peter and Mike. Does it call it with? Yeah, yeah, whatever. That's how we do the show. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it'll just be original remake 2018, and then we'll just change it every year. <laughs> 2018. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. All right, that, you know what? That's uh, I think we've probably harped on the uh, the old film enough. Like, um, I mentioned the new series that's on CBS All Access. Um, the other, you know Star Trek Beyond, as much as I was a fan of it, didn't do really that well at the box office. And I don't know what the plans are for the future series. I feel like Star Wars has kind of come in and has taken J.J. Abrams away and sort of dominating uh, sci-fi franchises uh, right now. So. Uh, if they were going to reboot, rebrand, do another film series again, uh, what direction would you like to see them go? See, I wasn't prepared for this particular question, but um, you know, it being that's a because big it's cast, a remake. That, that's right. Well, <laughs> the motion podcast. You know, I feel like the pattern, uh, you know, in the previous episodes that we've done, when it's usually a big cast and been rebooted, uh, you know, a number of times. Yeah, I think you tend to ask for like another property. And so that was what I was hoping, you know, like what's another science property that I, I would love to see um, maybe get rebooted into a movie, perhaps start a few episodes or come out with a few sequels. Uh, I was hoping for Quantum Leap. You know, I, I want. How did I know that's that was going to be what you're going to say I, I, there? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Good guess, you know, on your part there. Uh, but I would love to see that, um, you know, uh, even the TV show. I, I would love a reboot, uh, maybe not a reboot. Um, the, I prefer a continuation. You know, I want 
a female lead. Who should be the female lead? Oh, gosh, I didn't. You know, I knew her before. She's the first name that popped in my head, but uh, Alexandria Daddario. Um, I want her to. Yeah, I just want her to, you know, leap in. It'll be interesting to see her, you know, play men as well. Um, But I want her to try to get her father to come back home. You know, so every leap is looking for him, but obviously continuing on a mission to right wrongs. So I think we're long overdue uh, for that. It, and, you know, Journeyman came out a few years ago. They tried to do that, uh, took a similar concept, and that only lasted a season. So if we could just reboot Quantum Leap, I'd be happy. I have one answer that probably won't surprise anybody, so I'm going to try to think of something better. So what I'm going to do, since you redirected my question, I'm going to redirect back to you while I uh, research and think about this. Okay. Um, you said you didn't want a reboot so much as a continuation. Do you think the Abrams 2009 film where it does bring in the original Spock and makes the original continuity part of the plot, like it's still, I guess, canon, do you consider this a reboot or do you consider it a strange continuation? Um, gosh. Uh... And you're not allowed to redirect back to me because I'm looking at right, 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 right now. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess it's, just, it's a strange continuation because you do have the original Spock, you know, rather than somebody else playing him. You know what I mean? So maybe it, it is an actual uh, changing of the guards because you have an original cast member. So if Scott Bakula came back for Quantum Leap to kind of like, um, you, you know, he comes back home and his daughter, uh, you know, ends up going out and now she's lost, you know, that that would be you know, in the same vein as what you're kind of alluding to there. All right. I think I've had enough time. I'm going to not do my original answer, which I think a lot of nerds and fanboys would say, uh, Firefly for one, which had a uh, canceled Fox series and then had a movie that didn't, uh, do well at the box office. So that would definitely be one I'd want to see. I don't know if I would reboot it really in any way, because it was so short lived, but, uh, you could definitely take, you know, a couple of the original cast members I could see and then continuing on. Maybe if you can't get all of them back for whatever reason, uh, I'm going to go with another JJ Abrams property, which, uh, I loved was my favorite show while it was airing. Until... Fringe. No, I've never seen nope, French. Um, oh, interesting. No, that was a good show. I was wanting to get around to it, but I just never did. Um, lost, which I absolutely oh. despised the last season of hated the ending. Uh, so I would not care wit. However, they reboot that and bring it back just to give me like an ending that I like. Um, I don't want them to do it in an X-Files way because uh, everybody got excited when X-Files was coming back for a movie, which wasn't very good. I think back, God, it's been like 10 years ago, I think 2008. Um, and then they brought back that miniseries on Fox. I don't want any of that. I want an actual series. Um, okay. So yeah, lost. But you know what? They don't have to. I think the problem with it was that they had to do 22. Be careful. Be careful with spoilers. I've never seen Lost. Well, I was going to say they had to do 22 episodes, I think, on ABC. So it was a very traditional show. And that's uh, where you got a lot of the plot lines that didn't pay off because they just were just throwing stuff out there, just trying to give content. And if they brought it back more like the modern, you know, uh, like FX or HBO or Netflix style, where it was like 10 to 13 episodes, it would probably be a much mm-hmm. better show. That's all. No spoilers. So so I, I obviously know a lot of people that were uh, very into that show. And I know how people hated how the um, the show, yeah. quote unquote, wrapped up. Um, and the thing is, everybody has told me to go ahead and still watch it. 
Do you think I still should, even though it's still the show... really good? I mean, the yeah. the, the seasons okay. that work. I mean, for me, the first four are awesome, are great television. Um, the fifth one I started to question just because I think in the fifth season they'd already announced, "Hey, we're just going to wrap it up in these last two seasons." So the fifth one. I just had that nagging feeling like, man, they've got a lot left to get to. And it feels like they're spinning their wheels. And then, yeah, the final season just didn't do it for me. But, uh, man, the first four are great. Um, mm. So, yeah, if you – but it is – it's a weird thing to suggest someone when it seems like it's almost universal. People are like, yeah, it doesn't end very well. And that's a big time commitment to give if it doesn't right. pay off, especially for a mystery show. So, How many seasons was it? Six. Uh, Six. I think the last two are shorter than the first four, though. Okay. Hmm. Something to consider. We, the, the wife and I, we like to binge uh, shows. It's definitely uh, very binge-worthy. You'll get caught up in the uh, sort of the cliffhangers. Uh, Alias is very good, too, but also one that I would say you could probably stop um, maybe after the third season, maybe even after the second. First two are excellent of Alias. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. you know, here I'm complaining about Abrams, and yet I'm saying the uh, Star Trek Beyond, which he had nothing to do with. Uh, is my favorite Star Trek film. So maybe that's the the hmm. thing. The just, when when do you walk away? Um, I don't I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I don't but, uh, I don't actually have an answer to my Star Trek question either. As far as I've never really thought like, well, oh, we could get a better Kirk. Firefly. Yeah, no, I think Chris Pine's good. He is good. I, and I mean, yeah. I, I love. Uh, I pretty much like all of the cast that they have in their newer ones. I don't have a problem with any of them. Um, Zachary Quinto, I think, is excellent as Spock. Yeah. He's almost feels like he was born to play Spock. So yeah, I think it was, it, it, you know, conceived <laughs> to play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Just, just Talk like about the some, Vulcan Academy. There's some true Trekkies right there. If they <laughs> conceived yeah. to have Spock. Uh, his mom must've been like, look at those ears. He can almost play Spock. <laughs> and then you see the hamster wheel spinning there in his mm-hmm. father's head. Um, but yeah, I, I like your Firefly, uh, pick, you know, I am friends with Summer Glaw. I mean, maybe I could reach out to her if, Are you? if she, if she remembers me, I got a picture with her. You oh, know, cool. years back. She yeah. would be the one that I would have as maybe the only cast member that I could see. You could make a story where she's the only one that comes back and I think it would make sense. Yeah. I, uh, she was one of my very first like celebrity photo picks with. And so like in line, I was. I was very nervous, and so I was practicing like how to say hello. And when I got up there, you know, I said hello. We posed for the pic, and I, I guess we were standing like really close, and my arm just kind of naturally went around her waist. And so, like hindsight, looking at the picture, I was like, wow, that's that was a uh, pretty close, you know, how we stood. <laughs> and so I hope she didn't think I was some kind of creep. Like mm-hmm. I didn't think anything of well, it. Well, it was you know. probably creepier if she overheard your various uh, hellos you're doing. I don't know how many you got up to, but... That Sees was... me, you know, like in line. I'm just looking up. Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, you're very pretty in person. <laughs> you're prettier in person. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yep, yeah, I guess that wraps it up here for our uh, Chris Pine connection uh, by doing uh, Star Trek. So, let me see. Next week, uh, we actually are going to be doing... A new release movie, we're going to be doing uh, Tomb Raider and obviously pair that up with the first uh, Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie. So for those that want to watch along with us or maybe even submit feedback, um, well, how can they do that, Mike, if they wanted to uh, submit feedback? Uh, best way would probably be contacting us on Twitter. You will probably be talking to Peter unless you say something nice about Mike, and then I will scramble to unlock that notification on my phone. <laughs> uh, that's at Original Remake. That also goes for... 
uh, Instagram, if that's your preferred uh, social media app of choice, it's not quite as handy for podcasts because they don't really allow links in the posts. So you're right. just going to see pictures of you know what we're watching or thinking about. Uh, and I believe the email is uh, at originalremakepod at gmail.com. Yep. Which and one of us should probably check because <laughs> you know, email is not the most popular form of communication on podcasts. Usually it's tweets. Uh, but you know, anytime we throw it out there, I always feel bad. Like, Hey, I don't remember the last time I checked that. What if we've been getting any sort of feedback? So, uh, if we have, uh, we'll read it off on the show. I don't care if it's two years old. I'll still read yeah. it off. Yeah, indeed. Um, if you guys want to continue the conversation on Twitter, not just through original remake, you can, uh, find me on, uh, on Twitter at podstalgic. So I do host another, uh, movie podcast and I did also uh, review a movie that Mike mentioned earlier. Encino Man. So there you go. Go back a few nice months and, uh, and and check out Encino Man. I, I was waiting. I didn't want to interrupt during the conversation like we, we usually it. do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I did. So what about you, Mike? Uh, you can find me at War Machine Horse. Uh, my oldest, uh, I guess the main podcast is War Machine vs. War Horse. But under that Twitter handle, you can find all the other movie podcasts that I co-host. And I will shout out. I'll throw back now an episode that I was on. I'm going to pimp out peter stuff again but this was a previous episode of original remake i don't remember the time but you did uh star trek the wrath of khan uh going up against into darkness so uh we're sort of traveling back in time started with the sequels and now working our way back to the first of those various uh, star trek series so if you want to find that in our catalog uh please subscribe on apple Podcasts uh or your pod player of choice uh you can find us uh, find the original remake feed and uh, check out some of our older episodes. They're pretty good. Peter disagrees. I think they're oh, pretty well, good. The, <laughs> uh, I, I thought that was a good end right there. So. They're, no, they're, they're amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. I was I, I was wanting you to, to like as a hype man, you just go further. Yeah, <laughs> I set you yeah. up, but they're pretty good, and you're just like, yeah, that's I guess that's right. <laughs> You know, I just pump my fist and then uh, dance behind you. Yeah, you know, he's right. He's right. Listen to him. No, but uh, once in a while, I'll, I'll go back and re-listen to an older episode, especially if it's like a new listener who tweets at us and said, hey, I just checked out this episode. I, I, I usually go back and listen to to hear kind of listen to what they heard and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I can see um, what they meant. Yeah, you That's and I fun. both do so much podcasting. Uh, with all of our shows that it could be something from a month ago and if someone interacts with me i'll be like man what did i say on that thing what yeah <laughs> i have no idea so yeah we should probably do that too that'll help the numbers if both you and i start re-downloading <laughs> but you can help us out by doing that and uh we, we appreciate it so join us next time for tomb raider Another girl.